Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast, the show where we tell the stories of our city through the voices of our city and maybe do a little good and bring a little sunshine into our bleak uh, lives that is trapped in this seemingly unending quarantine. And you know what? I don't even want to do a show today. I give up. I give up. No, I don't. Just kidding. Hang in there, everybody. Um, We're all in this together, right? Right? Well, anyway, I have a great guest for us today. Stephanie Zellman joins me. She's a graphic designer extraordinaire. She has an awesome company called U-Turn Design and a wicked fancy website that I'm going to tell you about. But please welcome Stephanie to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. She's hanging in there. You look no worse for the wear. How is your quarantine going? I am enjoying all the uh, interactions I'm having on Zoom. I'm meeting way more people than I would have met mm-hmm. before. So uh, that's my silver lining at the moment. So you're okay. And we, we sort of kind of met on Zoom, right? Because uh, we were part of this networking group. And so we're doing the networking group thing via Zoom. I think it's a mixed bag. Sometimes it's just fine. I like the fact that if it's a, you know, 7:30 a.m. meeting that I don't have to wake up until you know 7:15 or so. <laughs> Otherwise, that would be like 5 a.m. to drive to wherever I'm going. How, how have you found that that experience so far in doing that kind of stuff via Zoom? Um, I think it's been great because um, it just enables you to get out more, so to speak, and just meet so many more people and um, you know visit other locations <laughs> that yep. you would have not visited and. Um, you know, the more you meet, the more groups you go to, the more people you're meeting and the more it's just, you could be talking to people all day long if you want to. Right. It's just, you know, you don't have that human touch, but you've got that human communication that can, can be as much as you want it to be. I'm just, you know some days I'm just exhausted because of all the people I'm meeting and talking to. It is, fu- it is funny if you sometimes feel after, or I'll, after I run a meeting, I've been running certain meetings, certain like networky type meetings. And then I run, if you want to use that word, some sort of fun meetings every Sunday night, my family's been getting together on zoom. So cousins and my parents and aunts and uncles. And right. so we've got like, you know, 12 boxes on the screen there. And number one, it's it's cool because it's I'm connecting with my uncle Ken, who I've barely you know connected two words with between you know the last twenty years probably because he's in L.A. and it's just he just 
kind of does his LA thing. But now he's sending me all these emails saying, who was that person on the call last night? Your cousin so-and-so? Because I forget. And so, but reconnecting in ways that you wouldn't have before. And I do feel exhausted sometimes after those because I, I try to like, I, of course, being a frustrated game show host or something, I try to run it like a show. And um, anyway, but um, have you done that? Yeah, everybody, everyone's saying, why haven't we done this before? Yeah. I'm connecting with family around the world and, and high school friends. Yeah. And everyone's saying, why haven't we done this before? <laughs> it took a pandemic to yeah. kind of bring a lot of people together. So, And you think that sort of thing will continue in some fashion? I, I, I really do. I really do. I mean, this has become really so much more natural in terms of how we're communicating. I can't imagine that this is this, this way we're doing it is just going to disappear later. I, I feel like it's just going to be so much more integrated in how we communicate. Now you, I imagine, can do what you do virtually because, now you correct me if I'm wrong, Part of part of what you do, you know, is designing. You do. I know you do websites. You do ads and some other things. You can tell us all about. Uh, by the way, the the website is you. The letter U. U turn design dot com. Do I have that right? U t u r n design dot com. That's yep. right. Yep. People like to spell it all different ways. But. <laughs> <laughs> People must be really creative. But yeah, it's the letter U. U t u r n design dot com. And um, yes, so when you, I mean, when you work with a client, you can design a website and you can share your screen. And actually, in some ways, that might even be better than just an in-person meeting because it's more efficient. And the whole point is to be looking at the your product, right? It is. And I wouldn't say a, a client presentation is better on the screen, um, but I would say that uh, you can definitely do it successfully. Yeah. Um, the sh- um, Once you do, once yeah. you, you, if you, uh, you know, we're all doing the Zoom meetings. Once you discover the and master the share screen function, you become dangerous, you know, in a good way, you know, because, you know, you can share videos, you can share photos, you can share, you gotta be careful sometimes with sharing everything that's on your screen because that, I, that, that could get embarrassing. Um, but, uh, so be careful about these things. (laughs) I actually, I actually shared my screen once and I had, um, it was embarrassing only that it was personal. It was like a financial aid form for my son on the way to college, which we, he didn't end up going to that college. But I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have shown everybody that. <laughs> anyway, the, the the website, you have a tagline that says made you look, which is a really cool. And and, and uh, you is spelled with the, the stylish Y-A, made you, made you look. We all know what that means. Why is that core to what you do? So it works with the name of the company. Uh, U-turn design, meaning you turn and you notice it. So mm. it, it plays off that. But um, everything that we try to do is um, creating art and work, using words in a way that resonates with an audience and gets you noticed. And in, in any kind of marketing, if you don't have that emotional response with the consumer then mm. or your target audience, um, then it's not really successful. It, it won't really be remembered. So in creating a brand personality, you need to have that emotional connection, whether it makes somebody, you make somebody laugh or you make somebody think about something or, you know, you want some kind of reaction. So you, whatever you do will get lost unless it gets noticed. So made you look is built into that idea. 
was there an ad that you remember sort of growing up when you first became aware of like the art of advertising and catching people's attention? Is there anything memorable, whether it be, you know, print or, or TV or anything, a kind of ad that is like, that's what advertising is all about? Well, um, we like to talk about uh, compelling emotional truth. Um, the best advertising is what's believable and what's truthful. And um, one of my <clears throat> one of my favorites um, that I could think of off the cuff is um, the Hertz Avis um, competition, where um, Avis came out saying. Um, we try harder. We try harder. Right. We try harder because, yep. you know, you know, everyone thinks that yeah, you want to go with number one and you want to go with the best. But when you think about the fact that number two is trying harder, that is a compelling emotional truth to get somebody to to go there. So it's just a powerful idea because it's believable and it's truthful, and and you'll nod your head when when you think about it. And so it's it's that kind of thing. It's 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 using sometimes a little bit of humor sometimes you know companies could mock themselves a little bit we have this one terrific client called back Bay shutter company and we talked about their service in terms of them being neurotic perfectionists mm -hmm. and and the first headline that went out was um nobody likes a neurotic perfectionist unless he's making your shutters <laughs> and you know it's yeah. funny but it's so true yeah. right you have somebody coming into your house and doing something for you you want them to be neurotic and you don't want to say the typical we offer great service and we you know we have great quality everybody says those things so how can you say it in a way that's more compelling that's truthful and believable and that expresses the benefits I found uh, an ad, a TV ad for Avis that I'm going to play now. So we will only hear the audio. This is a podcast after all, but hopefully it translates well. This is Jeff Nudir's Avis trying harder moment. On their way to a wedding, Jeff and his friend Errol ran out of petrol in the middle of the middle of nowhere. They made their way to the nearest dorp, which contained seven churches, three butcheries and a very nice... Taxidermist. But sadly, no petrol station. Luckily, Vusi, who happened to be on his day off, was only an hour away and volunteered to come to their rescue. Because nobody wants to be stuck in the middle of the middle of nowhere. We'll do our best to make sure you don't stay there. Share your Avis trying harder moment at wetryharder.co.za. So these guys were stranded on the way to a wedding. They're wearing their tuxes, walking down a dirt road among like goats and stuff. And the Avis person saves them. So that's that's that that was a legendary. And uh, just from a brief look at the internet, which is never wrong, of course, they finally abandoned that in like 2012. But but for years, I remember that too. And it is pretty genius to think, what do we do if we are stuck at number two in the in the market? Um, to spin it in a way that people will buy the, the um, I went to school in Philadelphia and the rapid transit uh, arm of the government or whatever they are, they were called SEPTA and the, and the slogan that they had was SEPTA we're getting there, which, which is meant to say that the, the trains and the buses and everything that they administer 
are getting you to where you need to go. But I always thought it was kind of a lame tagline because it's like, we're getting there. It's like, well, we're not really good yet, but we're getting there, you know? So, but is that, but tell me, is that part of the, is that why you do what you do? Because it's, so it's not just graphic design. It's, it's the whole way you're going to catch somebody, whether it's with emotion or being clever or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So there's really two parts to it. One is, uh, graphic design, logo design, um, branding, identity. um, And um, that's really important to be consistent um, and to um, have a logo that expresses your company and tagline. All all these things are really important. And in addition to that, I've been working with the same creative copywriter for 20 years and we're like a mini agency team. So we really approach projects using words and ideas and strategy. So we we will try to be as creative as possible and try to do it as differently as possible um, and take as much risk that the client will allow, but we will always stay on strategy. We will always express what needs to be said and what has been approved by the client. So. Yes, it, it takes on two forms, the graphic design and then the written word and how words and images work together to convey meaning. So I, I actually have a philosophy background. So way back when, before I studied graphic design, I studied philosophy. So I think it's, it's just, it's the whole idea that is what sparks it for me. Um, the idea of a logo, the idea of, uh, you know, of your, of your message and what you want to say and, and articulating that and then making that creative leap so that um, you cause a, some kind of positive reaction in your audience. And so you are the, the, the graphic uh, artist part of the equation and your partner, uh, Tony, right? Right. That's Tony, Tony Lansbury. Might right. as well get it right. T O N I female Tony. And right. uh, so, and so that must be cool. You guys are like, you know, Elton John and Bernie Toppin, you know, he, one of you writes yeah, the lyrics. Or, <laughs> Is it like right? That? I mean, I, I can't believe I can say we've been working together for 20 years, but you know, we're just pretty fluid together. We, we get it. We, we when we hear something, we're hearing it the same way. Um, we could finish each, each other's sentences. Sometimes I write headlines. Sometimes she comes up with the graphics, you know, we're, 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 we've just, we've figured out how to work together in the most efficient and creative way possible. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled that I've been able to have this consistent working relationship over all these years. And I think when you look at my, our work, we, you can, a lot of people say, when they see things, they say, oh yeah, that's, that's work from your U-turn design. You know, we just, we just approach things very consistently, but always speaking within the brand of our client. So were you a fan of the TV show Mad Men? You know, it's really funny, but I wasn't. Oh, well. I know. I, it's I need crazy. to turn you around on this. All right. I know. And I kept trying. I kept trying. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I just, there was something about it. it maybe it was just too contrived. I, I don't know. Contrived? How dare you? You're, I'm talk, sorry. you're talking I'm about sorry. John Hamm. No, um, that, that, um, no, 
it, but you know, no judgment there. You know, I appreciated it. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to convert you on this very episode of the Boston Podcast. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the um, probably the most compelling and well known moments in the show. It was in the first season. It's not like it spoils too much. But so, and then I want your thoughts, Stephanie, because you're the expert. And maybe this is an oversimplification of what reaching your audience and advertising is all about. But Don Draper, the the character played by John Hamm, is enlisted with the task of coming up with an ad campaign for the Kodak company, I believe. And the Kodak company comes to him and he says, we have this wheel that we put the slides in. So we remember, you remember those things. Well, you're, you're younger than I, Stephanie, but you know, there was, <laughs> for those that don't know, slideshows used to be a good thing, like not slideshows on like, you know, Google images. I'm talking about like a real slideshow where, you know, typically in, you know, in school and it's this projector thing and the slides, they go around in a circle and they rotate and you get it. Okay. But the Kodak people come to Don and say, we need, it's not a sexy product. It is what it is. It's a slide wheel. Can you make it compelling to uh, consumers? And so we'll pick this up. They're in the boardroom. Don's about to give a uh, a pitch on his idea for the ad campaign and actually using the slide projector in the presentation. So here it is. A deeper bond with the product. Nostalgia. It's delicate. But potent. So they dim the lights. Teddy told me that in Greek, nostalgia literally means the pain from an old wound. Now what Don is doing is he's showing family slides, his own family. It's a twinge in your heart, far more powerful than memory alone. He and his wife, he and his children, Fourth of July this sort of stuff. Isn't a spaceship? It's a time machine. It goes backwards, and forwards. We see wedding photos. We see child photos. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. It let's us travel the way a child travels. Round and around, and back home again. To a place where we know we are loved. And so you can probably guess there's a larger theme going on don is having marital problems and he's reminding himself of how things used to be with his family and at the end he puts up a slide that says kodak introduces the carousel and um, if that wasn't moving enough towards the end of the meeting one of don's colleagues bolts out of the room because he's been moved to tears and he doesn't want to see everybody <laughs> and who knows what he's crying about but talk about try so and i know we just heard the the audio of that but i mean you get the point stephanie this is what you do so what is that is that hackneyed or is that actually uh, a good example of the way to reach somebody through advertising it's certainly creative i mean the idea of calling it a carousel is a really nice idea mm-hmm. right it's it's you know, it's the idea of moving back and forth and the idea of childhood. So from a, like, I look at it more from like a, 
like a philosophical point of view, like what, what is the meaning of nostalgia? What, you know, what is that, you know, how does that affect you? And, and the, the notion of the carousel, I think is really terrific. Um, so I, I love the concept, you know, the thing is advertising could be manipulative, right? Mm. And, um, you know, I've always, um, I teach and that's just one thing I've always brought up. Look, you know, we're, we're trying to change perceptions, but you need to be careful about, about how you do that. And, um, I think that if you're just trying to, um, sell a product and, and, and just try to make people feel a certain way and it's not really positive in the end, then I don't know if you're doing a great service. So I, I guess, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to sell a car to someone with the promise of fame, fortune, and, you know, some beautiful people riding around with you in the car with champagne and stuff, because at the end of the day, it's just a car. I think that we are, you know, since then we are a lot more sophisticated. So when we look at advertising, I don't think we're buying into it in the same way that, you know, when this, when this all began, when people really um, didn't understand how to look at advertising critically, I think now we, we do. And so that when there are messages that um, come to us, we could, we could buy into it or not. We have the ability to, to decide whether, yes, this is something I want to identify with or not, or, or even just accept the fact that, yeah, I want to buy this brand versus that brand. And, you know, I want to be part of that tribe. And that's, you know, that's really, you know, what I, what I'm choosing to do. So I think in the early days, advertising was a lot more manipulative and that, you know, people, um, mainly because people were not aware of, of it, that, that you, your whole identity became connected to a brand. Whereas I do think that we're, we're more sophisticated and that um, when the best advertising is when you really are benefiting somebody, you're, you're giving them a product that actually could help them in some way. And you're, you're understanding why they need that product and you're, um, um, and you're doing it in an often. I mean, we love to use humor. So when you do it in a funny way and you're making people smile, you know, to me that that's a successful ad campaign. A lot, a lot of the ads that are memorable are indeed the funny ones. I think of, you know, Super Bowl Sunday when if you're, if your team is not involved, sometimes you watch the the broadcast for the ads because they're, they're typically the biggest companies spending the most money, putting their best foot forward. And yeah, the ones that, that make you laugh are, uh, I mean, I love them. You know, the, the question looms, does the, does the humor have to bring you right back to the, why you're, you're interested in the product and why, um, uh, you know, the whole, does the, does the whole thing, does it help you remember about that company and the, which is the purpose of the ad in the first place. Right. So I'm thinking of, of, is it Geico? Uh, it's the one where, um, you know, they bring back the, the, I remember the band that sang the final countdown and someone's running the microwave in the workroom at work. And all of a sudden, nonsensically, the band, the band Europe is there singing the final countdown because the, the microwave 
is counting down the amount of time left on the, you know, on the baked potato or whatever it is. And so then the voice says, when you're the band Europe, you sing the final countdown. It's what you do. And then they talk about the company and what we do is we save you money on car insurance. I think that's Geico. Is that Geico? Anyway. Um, but I guess my question is, it seems like a lot of these companies are being funny just for the sake of being funny. It's got nothing to do with the product. How do you feel right. about that? Right. Yeah, I, I feel it. you have to connect it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that was so funny. What was that for? And, right. You know, that's not what you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, I think it always really has to come back to, to the brand. And, and certainly, you know, if you're doing enough advertising and I mean, you remember the name Geico, so it's like, it's fine. They're doing a good job. But that's because Geico's, that's because Geico's been on my shit list for so long because they did the thing with the cavemen, which the the first ad campaign was good. It was like, so uh, Geico, you know, switching to Geico is so simple. Even a caveman can do it. And then there are these two cavemen sitting there and they're looking like at the narrator and saying, Hey man, that's not cool. You know, we're people too. And that's funny. Okay. So that's funny. But then they did a whole, and it's a met, right. And it comes back to their message, right? It's simple, right? right? Exactly. But the problem was the humor humor has to connect to the message. Exactly. The problem was, the problem was, in my opinion is they did like years and years worth of these caveman ads and didn't even use the tagline. It's so simple. A caveman could do it. By the way, the final countdown guy, this is the ad. We'll play 15 seconds of it. So the band is playing and this guy just trying to run his microwave in the break room is wondering what the hell's going on. And it does appear to be the actual the band, band Europe. Europe. You love a final countdown. It's what you do. If you want to save 15% or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico. It's got nothing to do with it. It's good. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's what you do. It, but, but, but I did remember it. I did remember it. The, the, the cavemen were doing all sorts of stuff that had nothing to do with simple things. And anyway, um, didn't mean to get off on. Right. I totally agree with you. Okay. I totally agree. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page. All right. We've got a few minutes left here with Stephanie Zellman. Once again, the company is U-Turn Design and that's the letter U-T-U-R-N design.com. Check them out. It's super cool website with a lot of good examples of their work and things like that. But um, before we go, we want to play a quick uh, edition of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right. As is typical on the show, Stephanie has had about uh, 32 seconds to prepare for this segment and come up with something good to offer to our listeners. So with that disclaimer, Stephanie, what have you, what have you got for us? I love to play tennis. And even though I can't really play tennis, I'm out there, I'm volleying, I'm going to the wall, so you, um, I'm putting so- out the uh, paddle ball net and, you know, I'm doing everything I can just to put a racket into my hand and that keeps me happy. So so one suggestion I would say is whatever you want, whatever you love to do, if you can't fully do it, like maybe you can do a piece of it to keep you right. happy. Um, there you go. So that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. And the other thing, um, my street, um, we have a pretty, we have a pretty nice neighborhood. And what town do you um, live in, Stephanie, if I may I'm, ask? I'm in Newton. Newton. I'm in Newton. Okay. Yes. And um our street um, has a sing 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 along every day at Come 5:30, on. and we've been doing this every night except for there was one night when I think trees were coming down that we said we're not going to do it that night. But mm. 
it, when we started this, it was even snowing mm. some, some days and people were still coming out and, and, and there's, you know, an email goes out saying what song it's going to be. And, um, and everyone takes turns choosing and you go, and everyone goes out on the street and stays six feet apart and sings a song and it's been going on for weeks. And I don't know if people necessarily want to do it, but they, there's such a feeling of solidarity that they have to keep this going that everyone just keeps going. Like it could be 520 and, and it could be raining out and you're like, Oh gosh, I have to go out there. But then you go and, and, yeah. And because everybody keeps doing it, it keeps going. And it's just. Um, what type of songs you know, are we talking about? It, it's anything. It could be, um, you know, any kinds of pop music or old music. Um, it's usually something you know the words to. You know, I like it, sometimes it's, you know, it relates to the weather or, you know, it's rain on me or, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, any. Yeah, it, it could be anything that anybody wants to say. Well, what sing. did you get to choose a song yet? I did. Um, uh, it's uh, that Bill Withers song, um, Lean On Me, isn't it? Isn't that? That's Bill Withers, sure. Yeah, that's the one I chose. When you're not, and yep. Ironically, he passed away like that week. Oh, good week Lord. Song. Like that was just, I felt there was some kind of message in that. But, oh, yeah. Don't sing a song um, about me, please. Actually, that that's exactly. funny. It's funny you say that because I I and I posted this on Facebook just for a, a, a laugh, even though it was a sad thing. But I had never seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire and just saw it on Netflix. That was on Netflix or wherever I saw it. Uh, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch this tonight. What the hell? So I watch it and then I wake up the next morning and there's news reports of the main sort of bad guy in the in the movie had died and he was like a pretty famous right. Indian actor. And so. I said to people, you know, I've never watched uh, The Apprentice either. Maybe I should watch that and just kind of see what happens. It's kind of mean. But uh, you pulled the same thing with Bill Withers. So, But at least he got a, he got a fitting salute from your neighborhood, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll recommend a, uh, a TV show that is on Netflix um, that I hadn't heard too much about. Just started. Stars Dermot, not Dermot, Moroni. Dylan Mc, no, Dylan McDermott. Dermot, I mix them up. Dylan McDermott is the guy I'm talking about. It's called. It's just called Hollywood, and it's really good. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer. This town's all about dreams, and some of my customers don't just come here for gas. What's the password again? Dreamland. Dreamland. I want to go to Dreamland. You get in the car with them, have a drink, maybe. You know, sometimes, sometimes you have to service. No, I came here to be a movie star. I want to take the story of Hollywood and give it a rewrite. Ace has a picture that we're very excited about. It's about fame and what Hollywood does to people. This is our screenwriter, Archie Coleman. Pleasure to meet you. You're colored. I love it. So you get a, a pretty good taste of what the show is about from that. There's a lot going on. It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's definitely a period piece. It's very well shot. It's by, I think the guy's name is is Ryan Murphy, who's done American Horror Story and some other cool shows. 
But so Dylan McDermott plays this guy who is kind of a frustrated actor in Hollywood. But for a long time, he's run the service station. And and strangely, all the men who work at the service station are dashing looking. Turns out he's running a male prostitution ring out of his service station. But then you've got these characters who are actors. And then it, it, it blurs the line between what happened in real life in the 50s in Hollywood and what happens in the show. Because you soon see one of the characters is Rock Hudson. And then you hear these other names like... Uh, Tallulah Bankhead and these other old actor, actors and actresses and and some like um, you know scarless rumors about them, which has me going back and looking to Wikipedia to see if these things were really true. So it's really interesting and um, thumbs up there. Did, did, have, do you watch a share of Netflix, Stephanie, or, or no? I don't know. I've been watching Outlander. That's been uh, oh, I've heard good, good or not so yeah. good or yeah. Oh, so good. Okay, so good. All right. Yeah. I'll get on that trip. Really so um, we're up against the clock here. I mentioned your website, Stephanie, is that the best way for people to get in touch with you or you want to sure. plug, plug anything else? Just the website. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach me through the website and um, this was so fun. I want to keep going. <laughs> are, are we done? <laughs> well, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Actually, you have, we need to rewrite that whole cliche because you have to stay home and but I'm glad you had fun. It's supposed to be fun. A little bit of fun yeah. in everybody's life. And thank you all for listening to the Boston Podcast. Please reach out to Stephanie. She's one of my best new friends. And thank you. just in the spirit of plug, plug, plug. I mean, hell, I'm talking to an advertising advertising person here. UturnDesign.com. The letter U-T-U-R-N. Design.com is where you find Stephanie and her partner, Tony. And just check it out. It's kind of a fun website. And then certainly if you know somebody who needs uh, to get their message out there, um, please do check it out. On behalf of Stephanie and on behalf of Quarantine Nation, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Go out and hit a tennis ball someplace. Stephanie's going to do. Hang in there, everybody.